Mommy Magic, Anatomy and Sex Ed for Preschoolers, is written from a three-year-old's perspective. And it was our first Amazon International bestseller. I am a doctor's daughter. She's having my baby brother soon. When my parents work, Granny Mary takes care of me. Dad does a great job as a cook, but not so good as a baker. Whenever I need snacks for preschool, as busy as she is, Mommy gets it done. When I ask her how she does it all, she says it's Mommy Magic. It's really important to my mommy that I know the right name for everything. When I finally agreed to be potty trained, I got to go to the bathroom with the other kids. I went home that night and told mommy and daddy boys don't have vomits. Mommy told me that boys have two holes, one for wet and one for poopies. And that girls have three holes, one for wet, one for babies, and one for poopies. She told me the right names for each hole and I went in and told all the other kids at preschool. It took some time and some training for Granny Mary. She told me I didn't have a china. Mommy told her she needed to use the proper words with me. Mommy told the story to the secretary at work the next day. She laughed and said, no passports, no visas to China. That made Mommy laugh. Daddy didn't always know what to do with me. One day, I upset him when I told him I belonged to Mommy because I came from her. He told me he helped make me with daddy magic, and then he put me inside Mommy. He pulled out his wand in the middle of the night, and poof, it was a shot in the dark, and there I was. I'm the luckiest girl. I get Mommy and Daddy magic. Now, parenting is a very interesting thing, and especially as a single mom and physician, it can be both rewarding and challenging. So all of these things that help us raise happy, healthy children while managing a demanding career are important for us to share. And I learned that this book, Mommy Magic, the story behind it that is actually available on Amazon, if you want to take a look under books, um, it's important that we share the stories of things that work to help others with parenting choices, especially based on what their personal experience has been. Most Everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to have some student loan debt and didn't come from a wealthy family that had generational wealth and made things easy on them financially. So it's important to take a look at how your parents raised you and say, what was good? What did I love? What did I like? And continue doing that with your children. And then look at all the things that you didn't like and break those down into two segments. One is it's absolutely necessary to raise good, solid citizens, nice human beings, and you're going to have to do that anyway. The other is things that were really destructive, whether it was corporal punishment like spanking or beating, yelling, screaming, shaming, any of those things, and make a point to try and avoid those. It's going to take some adjustments, but parenting and raising happy, healthy children while managing your career definitely make it worthwhile. Welcome to Single Mom MD. We bond together in this community to help single moms, both MDs and DOs, get the support we need when we need it. 
I'm Dr. Gail Clifford, and I'm here to help my colleagues have an easier time of it than I did. Enjoy the podcast, and join us in the Single Mom MD community. Really grateful that my husband had ha- and I had had the sense to review the things that we really loved about how we were raised before we lost him. It made a big difference to me, and it always made me feel connected to him as I went through different stages in our daughter's life, even though he really missed out. There were a few other things that I learned that helped quite a lot as we progressed through my daughter's childhood. And when she was old enough, probably 10 or 11, I started another thing with her called Yes, No, and Convince Me. And basically, the um, statement came up because I just got tired of saying no. And I told her, I love you so much, I don't want to say no to you anymore. And so from this point forward, I want you to form every question to me in a way that I can say yes. So she took it to heart. She really did. And so at one point, for example, she babysat for a friend of mine, another hospitalist, and she was making $10 an hour as probably an 11 or 12 year old. Now she deserved it. Uh, My friend's little boy had ADHD and my daughter really took it seriously to take care of this little boy. And he loved her so much. It was really sweet to see. But she earned the money and she was in junior high school. And um, that was about a half hour from our house. And um, they did not have after school school buses. So I had to go pick her up. So one day she came to me and my daughter says, Mom, you know how new CDs drop on Tuesday? And I'm like, no, I don't know that. And it's funny now because CDs aren't even a thing. But no, I have no idea that that's the case. And she's like, okay, Mom, CDs drop on Tuesday. And you know how that's always the best price on opening week? I'm like, okay, that part I know. Yes. And you know how you have to come and pick me up at school on Tuesday after whatever her sporting or musical event was that day? And I said, yes. And she said, would you be able to drive me across to the Target, which is only a little bit out of our way, so that I can run in and buy the new CD? And it was a music that I approved of with lyrics that I didn't mind. And with the money that I already made working for Dr. Dory. Okay. So she had a time that was convenient. I had to pick her up anyway. She had the money already in place that she had earned herself. She wanted to buy something that I didn't object to. And the money was the best price that we probably were ever going to see. So from that standpoint, I ended up being able to say yes to her. Now, this continued and fast forward six years, seven years, and she wanted to go to this dance club in Seattle. We had moved there during her high school years, and it was a uh, club that opened for 18 to 21-year-olds for a no-drinking time period. I was still concerned because it was late at night, but it was a Sunday, and that made me concerned because she needed to go to school the next day. But she said all of her homework was done. Everything else was set. I didn't want her driving by herself. She was going to go with her trainer from the gym. He wanted her to drive to the gym and park there. But there had been a recent lot of break-ins and our own window had been destroyed. So I said no to that. But she managed to get him to pick her up at the house. So 
even though I had my reservations about my newly 18-year-old daughter going out to a club in Seattle, everything she had lined up to a yes. So I said, okay. And that was the time that she blew her curfew like no other. She couldn't be back at midnight. I knew that. So we had agreed on 1 a.m. And she was supposed to call me if there was anything that delayed. But her gym trainer had a girlfriend and something happened that my daughter's phone was taken and they ended up staying out until four or five o'clock in the morning. I was bedridden at this point with injuries and I couldn't move. I couldn't get to the car and drive out and try and find her. And I was worried because it was not the best area of town. And I knew drugs were sold in that area. And she and I had already had the conversation about not buying drugs. But she did end up getting back about 10 minutes before she needed to leave for school. She turned right around, went to school, had a good day. And then we had the argument later where she got grounded. Um, It wasn't even much of an argument. She knew it was happening. So except for that one big blowout, yes, no, and convince me worked really well to keep her in line. I want you to think about why it's important that I share what at the time I considered a failure, even though she did get home safely She had a legitimate excuse, even though I still feel like she should have found some other way to contact me because I was frightened for her safety. But it was the responsibility of her trainer to get her back safely. And he was led by his girlfriend's need for food and to stay out and be social longer, which prevented my daughter from getting in. But she was still grounded. She still had consequences based on her behavior. And it's important that you know that everything was far from perfect. But I did luck out, I have to say. My daughter knew that I had already been through so much, and especially after I was crippled at work and and that horrible year when I was bedridden and nearly went bankrupt because I had no income. My uh, short-term disability was done, and my long-term disability plan managed to say that they weren't responsible because it was an on-the-job injury. So it was a big old mess. But my daughter, because she felt as though I already had too much to deal with, was surprisingly good at not causing me big problems and never got into alcohol, drugs, or sex as a teenager that would cause lifelong effects. So even though that was a difficult couple months, I really appreciated that she was able to be so responsible and not make my life more difficult. I think that starting with the communication, even at three and four years old, with Describing anatomy and talking about sex and other uncomfortable topics for a lot of parents is something that we physicians should have a step ahead on, that we can actually talk about these things fairly clinically and not get a lot of emotion into it so that the children receive the information that they need and can make logical decisions before the hormones kick in and they're less likely to do so. It's just one of many things that I hope to see her do with her family when she has children of her own. I hope that she'll take the same tack that her father and I did very early in our marriage of talking with her husband and saying, how were you raised? Why were you raised that way? What did we love? Let's continue that. Let's keep traveling. Let's keep um, doing fun adventures. My daughter and I can make going to the grocery store fun. Let's keep doing things like that. And what didn't we like? 
my daughter was only spanked six times in her life and I can tell you each time it happened because she was putting her own life in danger or whoever was supposed to be watching her was. So corporal punishment I would expect not to be part of her life but she'd have to talk with her husband and see what else he didn't like and what is necessary as far as discipline to help raise good ch children or good citizens um, and then what really isn't necessary. It's an interesting process to go through and it really makes you reflect back on your childhood in a way most of us don't do. I want to go back and dive a little deeper into this yes, no, convince me section because as important as it is to get to the point where you say, I love you so much, I don't want to say no to you anymore, the other section becomes the um, part about just accepting whatever my answer is. So if you have kids that argue with you who say, but mom, all the time, then try just a straightforward yes, no, or convince me. Let your child ask you whatever question they have to ask, but explain to them in advance sometime when you're not heated, not angry, not yelling, just calm, everyday wonderful. And this really is more for middle schoolers up. I'm not sure it would work for elementary school, but yes, no, or convince me. So if they come home and say, will you help me sell Girl Scout cookies? Maybe it's a yes. Maybe it's a no. I think that's a fairly straightforward answer, though. Can we go to McDonald's for the 18th time this week? No. And they just have to accept that answer. But if you're not sure and you have the opportunity to say, no, go ahead, convince me. What you need to explain to the kids in advance is convince me means it's a no unless they have a really compelling argument. So I think that part might be what my daughter did with the CD that Tuesday in South Dakota with why would I drive a half hour across town to get a CD that I couldn't care less about? But it was important to her, so she had everything set up. But the convince me can be, mom, if I get all of my homework done, can we um, have a dance night? So on Friday nights, we would just blast the stereo and have a dance party in our living room. Maybe it was a pizza night. Maybe it was a good home-cooked meal night, but it was a dance party. And it took her setting things up in advance for us to work that. So there could be really fun things. Um, convince me might be where we're going on vacation. I know she might say, okay, you're off next week. I'm off next week. Can we go visit the grandparents? And maybe that's a yes, or maybe I want to go to the beach, or maybe I want to do something historical. Whatever it is in your life, whether it's a daily chore and they want to trade it with their sibling, or there's some other thing, they want money for something, and maybe you'll say, convince me, and they'll agree to do extra chores for it. Whatever it is, yes, no, convince me, became a very important thing for us because it reduced arguments. There were no... Um, furious uproars. There were no screaming tantrums. There were no more storming off. It was just, you're, you're old enough now to accept that sometimes the answer is no. So try a yes, no, convince me with your kids and let me know how it goes. About you, but my folks did not have the best relationship with money. They were not big spenders. Neither one of them did alcohol or drugs or did anything that they shouldn't be doing. See air quotes. But with seven kids before my mother was 30, 
even with decent paying jobs, they were both the first in their families to go to college and there was just never enough money. So my relationship with money is always more fearful and more of a fixed mindset with not having enough. And I'm working towards an abundance mindset, which somehow miraculously my daughter has because I had a nice six figure income all the time that she remembers growing up, even though there were times that I was unemployed, like that year I was stuck in bed with those injuries and I wasn't sure where the money was. So she recognizes in me that fear of money. But one of the things I did to help her not be fearful of money and have more of an abundance mindset was the bank of mommy. Part of the bank of mommy was based on what she and I later saw in the Susie Orman broadcast on, I think it was MSNBC. And there was a segment that we used to love called, can I afford that? And my daughter was funny at that point, she was eight, nine, 10. So older than when we did the bank of mommy. But she said, basically, if you have to ask, that means you probably can't afford it. But what the bank of mommy was when my daughter was five years old, was she started to get an allowance because I believe firmly that chores are meant to be done because you're part of a family and money or allowance is meant to be given so that you can understand how to manage your money. So at five years old, my daughter was given a $5 a week allowance. So a dollar per year. So if you have a seven-year-old, it would be $7 a week. If you have a 10-year-old, it would be $10 a week. And if they want to do extra chores or something else to make more money, that's fine. But we stuck at $5 for a five-year-old. And right away, she had to take a third out for charity, a third out for long-term savings, and then she would have the remainder to spend. Now, she didn't actually get this as cash every day. She got it in deposited into her savings account. So we chose Saturday as the day that she would get her money. She could pull the money out any day of the week by anybody who was authorized. My five-year-old had to have an authorized uh, person to give her money. So that was usually myself or my dad who helped me take care of her when I was working. And it had to be for something that we basically approved of. And this might take some conferring between the adults. But with her $5 then, so 30% or $1.50 went into a charity fund. 30% or $1.50 went to a um, long-term savings fund. And the remainder in theory could have been given to her to blow on whatever she wanted. The reality was that she didn't really do much with it. When there was something that she wanted that wasn't already in the family purview, then she might ask my dad. But in the meantime, the thing that really got her was I gave her 12% interest, 1% per month. So it was compounded monthly and she would get 1%. So when she um, saved up the money, she actually had quite a lot because of all that interest earned. And uh, she was able to buy basically anything that she wanted as a child. For her charities, one year she chose to uh, build a well in Africa. She was able to pay for one completely herself. One year when she was a little girl, she chose to contribute to my sister's play gym in the backyard. And her reason was, well, mom, I'm going to be using it, aren't I? So she did some really generous things with her charity money that I thought was really sweet and gave her a really good sense of what was important. When we started working with the Carter Center, she actually did so much work as a teenager that she was named President Carter in the Carter Center's 
Young Philanthropist of the Year one year and Young Humanitarian a different year. So all of those things, saving that money early on, made a big difference in her life later. I really think that all of these methods helped me raise a wonderful young woman who understood why my answer was what it was. I do remember some failures though, some really brilliant ones, because if you're gonna fail, you might as well fail spectacularly, right? When she was about 10 years old, uh, I had just walked in the door from a really brutal shift at the hospital, and it must have been summer because it was still light outside. And she came running up to me and she's like, mama, mama, mama. And she asked me something, whatever the question was, I don't even remember. It's one of those things. I don't remember what she said. I just remember how it made me feel. And she said, I really want to do X, whatever it was. And the answer was no. And apparently I must've said something else because all of a sudden my little girl was just crestfallen and she started getting like the tears in the eye kind of thing. And she looked at me and she said, mom, I accept that the answer is no, if it's no, but I need you to understand that while I saw your mouth open, it was grandma's voice coming out. And that just broke my heart because uh, my mom was not a nice or a happy woman. She was very good at educating her kids. She was very good at making sure they were great learners, but she was not good at raising joyful people. And my daughter is truly joyful, which I am grateful for every day. So it's an interesting thing when your kids are ever so polite and yet strike you right through your heart by telling you something in a way that makes you understand how badly you failed. Now in that case, the answer was still no, but she certainly got some cuddle time in that night, which I'm sure I must have needed even more than she did. So it's important to realize that even though you're the adult and they are the children, that you're not always gonna have the answers, that sometimes you're not gonna be able to be your best self. And sometimes they need to give you a little bit of grace for that. Having support to help you through that makes a big difference. And that's one of the many reasons I started the Single Mom MD community. And I'm looking forward to having my daughter on the podcast someday to give you an idea of what it was like from her side. Because I realize now how hard it was at times for her to have to monitor herself. There were times when she was basically living like a college student, even though she was in high school because we had lost my dad and I didn't have anybody to watch her. There are tons of tough times that we had. And yet coming through all those, we're finally at the point as she becomes an adult, independent on her own, that we're going to be great friends. And I do think that the biggest clue to how well I did with my parenting choices will be when I see how she raises her kids, because I'm really looking forward to grandchildren. And I've been warning her since she was a little girl that my plan is to buy property in an area that is zoned so that it can be rented because I've always thought I would die young. She and her husband, after their second child is born, because nobody needs anybody around with just one, right? will build their house. I'll build my little townhouse and we'll have the doors between them because they'll be adjacent, um, like a hotel room. You know those doors you can lock on either side because I don't need to see my son-in-law. I might not even need to see my daughter but I want real access to those grandchildren. So instead of a doggy door, I want there to be a grandchildren door between those. And just by seeing how my daughter and her husband 
raise my future grandchildren, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she thinks about my parenting choices. Even though I came really far from what happened in my childhood with my parents, and I did better with her, I'm expecting her to do even better with her children than I ever could have with her. Even though I only ever wanted what was best for her, and I wanted to be the best mom that I could be. And so, of course, I was, because you do the best you can where you are with what you have. But having this community, I think, will help a lot. And let us know what questions you have, any support you need, and how we can help answer anything that comes up. Because this community of like-minded women that are physicians and entrepreneurs and brilliant individuals, in addition to now being single moms, is here to help support you. I'm Dr. Gail Clifford, and I look forward to hearing from you with questions and comments about this and future podcasts. Join the Single Mom MD community by clicking on the link below. We welcome you with regular engagement and personalized attention to your specific questions. When you think of additional topics you'd like covered on this podcast, contact me via social media at Single Mom MD.